0: Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist-entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago, though, that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned, and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs. All whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community, and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream, let's get cracking. I've been following my next guest for a while and was excited to chat to her, but little did I know that I would connect really quite deeply with her. With a PhD in art therapy, but choosing to actually specialise in creating the most amazing equine art, you are going to love our chat. I'm absolutely thrilled to be speaking to Victoria Scotty. Hello. Hi there, Barney. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm really well. Thank you. So nice to actually meet you.
1: Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. You know, I'm a huge fan of your work and I've been following you for years. So it's really lovely to meet you.
0: Oh, bless you. Well, I'm a massive fan of your work. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to wanted to chat to you really. You know, well, all all sorts of reasons. But yeah, I really love your work that you do and the the diversity of it. I just think is wonderful. Oh
1: well thank you so much Barney. So it's it's great we found each other here.
0: Yeah yeah so um it's all recording you know and this will all be part of the, the podcast and everything and oh you've got are you drinking tea is it tea yeah yeah lovely
1: cup of tea I thought you know what a great way to start the week have a lovely cup of tea talk to Barney <laughs> and then go on with my day
0: so tell me where where you are in Spain. Just um, give us a bit of an idea about where you live and where you um, where you do your amazing art. Well, I'm
1: based in Valencia. It's on the east coast. It's uh, down from Barcelona, uh, on the Mediterranean. So we've been here, my husband and I. We've been here for sixteen years. We tried to. My husband he's from New York, so we went back to the states for a few years where I did my PhD also, but the lifestyle here, I'm sorry, New Yorkers, (laughs) is so much better. So we came back to Valencia and my husband has a real estate business here. So it's a really lovely, lovely city. If you haven't visited, I invite everybody to come over.
0: Oh, yes, that sounds amazing. How lovely. So does your husband speak Spanish then now if he's living over there?
1: Yes, yes. No, we, we are... We are fluent in Spanish, yes. We've been here for a long time. And and we have two children who were born here. So, you know, they are now teenagers. It's my son's birthday is coming up, actually, this week. So he will be turning 12. And my daughter just uh, turned 14.
0: Oh, gosh. I know. (laughs) What did that happen? (laughs) Oh, I know. And what a lovely age, isn't it? A 14-year-old daughter.
1: (laughs) it is it's lovely you know we share the clothes and everything it's fun you know go shopping with her and you know talk about girly stuff and she has an amazing eye actually you know i ask her for her advice actually sometimes if i need uh, help with composition or anything like that she has a very good eye so she gives me good advice oh amazing Um, yeah so that's amazing
0: yeah, are they? Uh, if she has an amazing eye, is she? Does she really love art as well? Does she? Is she, that does. And, that that know, she does, and you know,
1: she draws from life. You know, I draw all of my most of my work. I I work with photographs. Mm. I think as as do you, but um, my daughter, she actually draws from life, and she started drawing from life when she was just two and a half years old. So mm. I never gave her any toys. I was very strict. Mom, I never gave her any plastic toys no battery operated toys, nothing like that. But she started drawing from life, plants and fish and um, bugs. And she's amazing. Wow, that's fantastic. And your son, is he artistic too? He is too, but he's more interested now in robotics and like engineering and stuff. But he Mm. also, he had a phase when he was drawing birds and also he was sculpting birds out of found materials so that was really amazing he was really
0: into birds uh, yeah. all kinds of
1: especially birds of prey <laughs> so you know we all find our, what our is little niche question? i guess you know because i only draw horses uh, people ask me all the yes. time like do you do cats and dogs you know i have a beautiful dog would you like to draw a dog he said listen i love cats and dogs i have two cats of my own but i only in my Artwork. I focus on horses. Mm-hmm. I only draw horses,
0: and and actually, you know, niching down. It, it, I mean, if it's something that you really really enjoy, I, I totally understand it. But on a business side of things as well, you know, niching down to kind of um, and you have one subject, but actually, you have sort of um, quite a few different styles. So you've got mm-hmm. your beautiful the, the enormous murals, and then the thing that I absolutely adore that I don't think I've seen anybody else do are your sketchbook series and they are just I was telling my mum at the weekend I went to see my uh it was my mum's birthday and I met up with family and you know I was chatting about stuff and I was like I'm really excited to be chatting to this you know lady on on Monday and I said she's got the most fantastic sketchbook series where you know you'll draw, draw the portrait kind of over a couple of pages within sketchbook and it's yeah they're just beautiful.
1: Well, thank you, Bonnie. You know, there's so much fun to me This whole thing started as a summer project. I did my first sketchbook in 2019. I'm originally from Estonia. So every summer I take the kids and we go for an extended uh, period of time, almost two months we spend in Estonia. And, you know, I can't bring, I cannot do large pieces there. You know, we travel around there with the family and have a little bit of holiday also, but I figured, well, what can I do? You know, because I love to draw, I I cannot take a break. (laughs) So I figured, hey, why don't I do just a sketchbook and look at it as an opportunity to develop a body of work that is maybe something that is in the process and I can develop further later on. You know, let me use it as a way to gather some ideas to develop some ideas to work on some ideas without having that pressure of you know having a finished piece Mm -hmm. so kind of it is what it is and so uh that's what i started doing in the summer and i just loved it because you know it's a portable thing so i can be on the bus or i can be somewhere and i can take out the sketchbook and it's just perfect And so that's how I started. And then people started asking me, they wanted to buy the drawings. They're like, oh, can you sell it? Or can you make a print? I said, no, the print really does not. You know, the sketchbook has that specific aesthetic and the page and, you know, it has to be an original work. I'm not making prints out of them. People ask me, I really, I love it. I want to buy it. I'm like, listen, if it brings you joy, I'm not going to hold on to it. I have no problem sharing it with people I have no problem selling the work so what I did was I cut the binding let me see if I have one of them here so I I take out the pages people ask me all the time well what do you do like how do you how do you take the pages out and so it's this you know a uh, classic moleskin sketchbook and so what I do is that I cut the binding here you know I draw usually on these. um yes double page that and then what i'll do i have like a exacto knife you know and i cut the the binding the threads and then the page comes out like that and when right. frame is really really lovely you know it has this um this decidedly handmade feel and it has that uh, feel of the sketchbook so people really um love them and and it's a joy to make them so over the summer, I'm definitely, I already bought a new one and I will be posting sketchbook uh, drawings and I will be drawing a sketchbook for sure.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had somebody um, commission you to do almost like um, a few pieces within the sketchbook and sell the actual book with the pieces in situ? I thought that would be
1: a great idea. I only have people commission me, you know, on one page. Some so I page. have only, yeah, I just have taken them out. But I did think about, you know, how cool would it be to just frame the actual book, you know, just open it. Like if somebody wanted to buy like the book and you can you can frame it as, you know, with the book itself, yeah. just kind of have it open like that and frame it. It's like an object of art, you know, yeah. especially somebody who um, appreciates that kind of aesthetic. So hopefully somebody will permission me to do that
0: yeah definitely
1: yeah because these sketchbooks you know you can you can buy them I mean these are really good quality but to frame it would look really cool I might make one for myself and then I can post it and people will see it and they will get an idea
0: yeah no I think they're beautiful and you have this really lovely you know, your your you would class your work as realism. You know, you definitely class your work as realism, but you have this beautiful style that you know so I recognize your work when it pops up on Instagram whatever I always recognize your work and you particularly with the horses that have got all of the manes and you have the beautiful sort of curls and everything coming around and the spirals and everything and is that something that you have uh, it just sort of comes naturally or is it something that you've particularly wanted to push hmm.
1: it's an interesting observation Barney. you know so many people have told me that it is Indeed, my work it is about realism, but it's not about realism. It's not my intention, like your work, I really admire, because the fur is so realistic like you want to touch it. It is just amazing. My realism is different, you're right. And for me, it's really more about the emotion, you know, it's about the emotion of the horse. It's about the connection with the horse. And so I go straight for that. So, yeah, I guess it just evolved naturally, uh, you know, when I started working, that's just kind of how it, it's it evolved for me, but I do feel, you know, there's two aspects that I really go for in my work. So, one is the actual form of the horse. You know, you have noticed that most of my horses have this very elegant shape, you know, they're... Some of them are like very sculptural, you know. I like that aspect of them, just the aesthetic of it. To look at it, it is like a, the horse is a work of art, you know. By the nature, I mean it is just a, an amazing, superb work of of nature. And so, for me, just to bring out maybe what I see in it. So the form of it is is something that I go for. And the second, as I mentioned, is the emotion, you know, specifically with the eye, with the posture. You know, I like to go for the more romantic, the more dreamy styles. Uh, So that's these are the two aspects maybe that are key.
0: Yes. Do you know, and those two words, dreamy and romantic, they absolutely describe your work to a T i mean they really really do because that that's exactly what they are they're they're almost like you were saying like sculpted like and they've got this sort of beautiful sort of feel to them and they're you know elegant and everything so horses i'm guessing but i don't know because you you don't give much away in your um instagram or your website or anything like that about about you as a person do you ride? Have you always loved horses? What, what was it that made you decide just to draw horses?
1: You know, it's an interesting story. I, As a child, I always wanted to ride. I wanted to have a horse, but it was not possible for my family to, to give me a horse or riding lessons back then. And so when I had my own daughter, you know, I suggested, well, maybe you want to ride. And so my daughter started riding. And so I started going to the stables more and, you know, I started riding as well. So we went, we, uh, we rode together for a, for a few years. And so I really felt this really strong connection, you know, to be so close to the horses, to be connected to that world. But how I actually started drawing them, it was very curious uh, because, you know, I'm actually an art therapist by training. So I am not, um, you know, I don't have a fine arts degree. I am an art therapist, but I got this amazing sign from somewhere, from the universe. I do not know. I got this sign. I looked, there's this one horse. I looked him in the eye and I felt that I have to take out my sketch pad and my pencil. So next time I went to the stables, I brought my drawing materials with me. And so I started sketching from life there, you know. So I I had this weird, this sign. I don't know what it was. I don't know where it came from. It's still a mystery to me. I just followed it. It was weird. And then I was, you know, I was doing my PhD in art therapy. I actually did all my training at in the United States. So so we went back to the states, and I did my, you know, my PhD. And then after I defended, we came back to Spain. And we went on holiday uh, to the south, to Malaga. And we stayed in this rural area. And in the field, there was this gray horse. And I walked over to it. And I had, again, this feeling that, oh my god, there's something here. So I was on holiday. I was just defended my dissertation. I was getting ready for an academic career in the States. And I dropped everything. And I just started drawing horses. It was crazy. My husband is like, are you crazy? I came, you know, I went to America with you. I came back with you. And you, you wanted to do this academic career and you worked so hard. And now you're doing horses. You really did not need a PhD to do that, did you? He said, yeah, you're right. But it brings me so much joy. and And I just, I don't know why I want to do it, but I do want to do it. And so that's what I'm going to do. So my husband is very supportive. I'm very fortunate, of course, that, you know, he he said, well, okay, let's see, you know, maybe it's a phase or something. Uh, But I haven't looked back, Barney, you know, I have not looked back. It is, it's a mystery to me, but I think that's something that I I meant to do for some
0: reason. You know, I knew, I just knew there was a reason that I needed to talk to you because that is just... Just the most wonderful thing. I mean, absolutely fantastic. That and and it. it, What's lovely about what you've sort of just been saying and how you've got into all of this is the fact that that you know it wasn't just on a whim or anything like that. You had this sort of encounter. I did. I did. I had a calling.
1: You know, I did. I have a sight. It's so so clear and so strong. I could not ignore it. I just could not. Oh my god. And now I'm just drawing every day, you know. And when yeah. I listen to your podcast uh, with your academy members, there was this lady who was who said she started drawing when she was 71 years old. She was amazing. So, and she told everybody how much joy she finds in drawing animals and, you know, uh, drawing with colored pencils. And, and I so much related to her. You know, except that in my case, I didn't want to wait till I was 71 years old. I'm just blessed that I had that sign before.
0: Oh, do you know, and, and I think if more people were a little bit more p- perhaps in tune with, you know, taking these things as, as a sign that actually this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I think there'd be an, an awful lot more uh, people who were really happy you know True. I think we, there I think is we kind lot. of feel these. it's almost like we feel these things and think oh you know that's that's not that's not a thing uh, this weekend I was at, over at my mum she lives very close and uh there were a few of my sisters I've got a, quite a big family and there were a couple of my sisters there and, and we were talking about you know the universe and manifestation and all of that sort of stuff and we were getting honestly I mean I am such a a massive advocate and believer of the universe and things that uh, happen for a reason and all of that type of thing and it makes me so it just fills me with joy you know <laughs> when i see people doing what they what they're meant to be doing and just having a really blessed life and it's just wonderful and i i i had no idea I had no idea that you, you know, that happened with you. I, you know, you, you see your, your, you know, your beautiful pieces and you've got a really lovely website and, and everything like that. But I, there must have been something that kind of drew me to ask you to come and have a chat because I just, oh, it's made me go all tingly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for inviting me because I've been such a huge, I think you were one of the first people I followed on Instagram Um, you know so I've been such a huge fan of your work and now that you launched the podcast I started to listen to the podcast I'm like oh my god that's great (laughs) and so when you asked me I was like oh my god that's amazing I want to be on that podcast
0: (laughs) no I think people are going to really really enjoy hearing what you're saying as well You know, so you're you're, the art therapy side of things that you you did this PhD with and then you just sort of went, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to do my art. Is that something that kind of, you know, maybe sort of feature down the line or you kind of bring into your work? Or there, there must be something in there with all of the studying and everything that you kind of draw on, you know, no pun intended, but, you know, you draw on for your your work and, you know, to run your business and all of that type of thing. No, definitely, and you know, I haven't, I haven't
1: abandoned art therapy. I still teach from time to time. I just don't do it full time, you know, as an academic career. I love teaching continuing education courses, you know, things like that. So, definitely, I think with all of the symbolism, you know, that you study in wow. um, art therapy, something that I could say actually, every piece, every drawing, or every work of art it's actually a self portrait. So I think it is also an exploration of the self and, you know, recreating an aspect of the self that is important to me. You know, a lot of it is um, unconscious and some of it has been processed also over the years. But I think that's for the listeners also to think about, why am I doing this? Or, you know, what is it in my work that speaks about me? And there's always something. So in my case, I think to to have the freedom, you know, the, the horse is the symbol of the freedom of the the um, unconscious, of beauty, of grace, of you know, the beauty of uh, nature. All of that is an opportunity for me to to explore through those uh, drawings. And even if I if I do commissions, you know, I still. Some people want realism, you know, like even whatever the horse looks like, they just want that photo recreated. But then I, you know, I love having conversations with my with my patrons, with my clients, and I explain to them always that, well, for me, you know, when I buy a piece of art or you know, if I commission or something, I would look at two aspects, right? One is the obvious emotional aspect that you have with your animal. So obviously, you know, if you have a horse, you have that emotional connection with that horse. So when you see that horse in a work of art, you recognize the horse and you're like, oh, my God, that's great. That looks just like my horse. So that's that emotional aspect that you have. But then you also have in any work of art, obviously, an aesthetic aspect. So if you have that hanging on your wall and somebody else comes to visit you and looks at it and sees, you know, who doesn't know your horse, like does that piece communicate to me? Does that communicate the emotion of the horse? Does that make me, you know, look twice at it? Or, you know, does that make me contemplate or say, wow, you know? So that's the aesthetic aspect. So I try to bring those two together. So sometimes if the photograph is not, you know, the most professional one or is at a weird angle or maybe does not show the horse as its best, you know, maybe somebody gives me like one, you know, at a, at a weird angle or has like a winter coat. I prefer the summer coat because it's much smoother. So I talk, I say, hey, do you have other photos or can we use another horse also, you know as a reference like I might have other photos of other horses that let's say make that posture you know for the composition maybe we can change that so that it is not just a copy of the photograph but it is a work of art that communicates something beyond that
0: yeah you know absolutely and I love I love what you're saying about, you know, yes, it's, you know, it's, it's got to portray the emotion and the character of the horse, but also have that, you know, somebody who doesn't know the horse. It's also got to kind of have a a, a meaning behind that as well. And I think we sort of, we almost not forget it, but, it, you you know, you're so... With realism, you're so intent on making it look just like uh, the photo half of the time that potentially that the other sides of things can be missing. You know, so having that intention of bringing character, but also other bits and pieces in as well. I just love that. I love that. And I always think, you know,
1: when I create, I'm like, I want to create something that I would want to hang on my own wall. (laughs) so you know then you ask patron you know if you didn't like it well listen I'm going to keep it (laughs) you know whatever I give you your money back. I have no problem but I want to create something that I am 100% happy with that I would be happy having in my own home Um, Mm -hmm. you know so that's very important to me I would say you know quality over quantity you know I, I work quite slowly too and I really take my time planning the whole composition out and you know, looking for other references if needed. And if it's a large piece, then it takes a long time. But I've been very blessed with my patrons and um, collectors who are totally, they say like, listen, take your time. I have no deadline. You know, uh, I just want the best piece that you can make of my horse or um, the best collectors I have. They just say, I just want a commission horse it's not my horse I some don't even have a horse they just have seen pictures and they are like I would like to have a picture of a horse a beautiful horse and you choose whatever horse you want so I'm like well that's great because this way I can show them several ideas that I think are gonna look really great and then they can say okay I really like this one or that one and we can discuss you know if you want in black and white or if you want in color or if you want in mixed media, because you know I can work in different styles based on the the horse that you know whatever speaks best because you know graphite is my first love. So I started just in black and white just in black in, in graphite. and I still love it, especially if I work with darker coats, any kind of darker bay or black. I tend to go with the monochrome because I think that the um, just the form, you know, that you just focus on the form really and it's just so clean and so elegant. So I don't even want to mix, you know, bring the colors in it. I would just want to keep it black and white. But now if you have a particular kind of gray or especially a perlino, you know, something like that, very unusual colors, Maybe you've seen. I have some like almost pink horses, yeah. some a breed. So you know, for them, I'm like, oh my god, I want to show that very unusual color. You know, I want. I see all those different uh, pink tones, purples, and and they are almost otherworldly. You know, they are so human-like in their skin. It's like human skin and they are like from a different planet I swear so I love love uh drawing those as well in color and then I have those recently I've gone crazy about Appaloosas and Knobstrupters yes I'm completely <laughs> obsessed with that oh my god all the spots oh and spot. markings <laughs> and it's like a putting together a puzzle, you know, because they have yeah. all these different and so I love love doing that as well in color, you know, to bring all of these um all of the, the tones out.
0: As I'm speaking to you now, you come across as a very, very calm, you've got this lovely calm quality to how, how you speak. Do you live this maybe sound a really strange question, but have you got quite a calm lifestyle? Are you, is this how you are? Is this your personality? Do you get worked up about things? Do you get worried about your, your work or do you get a little bit anxious about things? You come across as being very grounded and, you know, calm as if you're just, you know, exactly where you are. You know that this is your time and where you're supposed to be and doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know,
1: um, yeah, as you say, it's my time You know, to do it. And I would say 20 years ago, I would not be able to do what I'm doing now. I'm now 44 years old. When I was younger, I was very energetic. I like to move around, I love to travel. I loved all different experiences. My artwork was spontaneous. I tried all different materials. Like I, I loved something spontaneous like a painting or maybe a collage or something like that, I would never have the patience to sit down for a month to draw a huge (laughs) horse drawing, never. But, you know, people change. And when I became a mom, I noticed also a huge change. You know, I become more patient. You appreciate things. So, and now I have, now that my kids are even you know, adolescents, I have even more time. And I love the slow life. So now we have purchased a little cottage in the countryside, sometimes I share uh, snippets of that in my stories or Instagram or, and so I work in two places, I work in Valencia in the city. And then I also work in the countryside. So when it gets warmer, like now, I have a huge uh, drawing there set up that I will be working on there. So I would be going between the two places and I will be, you know, working always wherever I am because I work from home. I have space for that and my materials are dry, so I need—I don't need like a huge place where it would dry or it's not a problem. I just cover them up. But yeah, for me, you know, drawing, it is like meditation. It is, I go to a complete different world. I forget about the time I have to set the alarm to pick up my kids from school. <laughs> <laughs> so, I could do it day in and day out. I'm sure it's the same for you. Like even yesterday was Sunday, I thought, "Okay, I need to take a break, you know." But then I thought, "Oh, maybe I just make a little sketch. I'll just play with the new materials I got. This uh um this uh, kind of graphite that is like needable, like a like a weird material I bought. So I've just, I still couldn't help it. I just still had to make a little sketch, even though, you know, it was Sunday. So um, it's just about doing what you love. You know, that's what I say. There's so many people out there who do things that they have to do. And, and, and that, I'm not saying that there are things, you know, that I don't have to do certain things, but finding the time, carving the time to do what you love. And I had a problem with it when I was younger because I didn't know how to enjoy myself. I was very ambitious and I always felt the need to fulfill somebody's expectations, you know, to get a job and have a career and, you know, be the best and all that. And then when it came to, you know, like, well, what do you enjoy doing? Oh, I do enjoy making art, but I don't have the time for it, <laughs> right? So you just robbing yourself of that opportunity. And some people wake up when they are 70, but some people never, never get to do that. And that's sad, you know? So mm-hmm. I always say, well, listen, it takes some discipline to get started, to get going. But then once you're in that, then there's you can i mean once you're in that creative space, you just wanna keep going back there you just wanna keep going and doing it and and you know finding that joy in the art i think the the light life, life you know somebody said live for the art is never wasted, and I couldn't agree more
0: no yeah no i'm I'm so with you on that, so with you i I found that. I don't draw nearly as much as I used to. When I first started drawing and literally it was just every single spare moment and every unspare moment, you know, <laughs> I, would, I would kind of forfeit doing any house cleaning or <laughs> cooking or anything like that. I'm just like, no, I'm just going to draw. And and in a way I'm, I'm quite selfish in a way that actually I, I do put myself first Quite a lot of the time, you know, and and I'm like, this is I love doing this, so this is what makes me happy, and I'm going to do it. But I've now found that as my business has grown, there's so much more I have to do. Yeah, um, oh my god, you can, so
1: I mean, you have all, you have the academy, you've got the uh, podcast, you've got the commission list wait list up till I don't know uh, twenty twenty five. <laughs> you know, it's all booked. I mean, you're very busy, a very busy woman, obviously. So, yeah. Like,
0: yes. You ordinary. know, and and I'm kind of sitting here listening to you, and there's there's almost part of me that's like, you know, gosh, I, um, I mean, I I live life quite fast paced with with what I do. I mean, I'm not a, r- a racy person or anything, but you know, I I do. I'm always on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. That's all sort of connected, and I do want to start just you know, eventually just sort of slowing down a little bit and just really, really enjoying my art. And and one of the things that I've decided to do is still do all of my big tutorials and everything, but um, do some smaller ones that are maybe 15 minutes of just real in-depth talking about one specific thing, like a color, like a color, you know. Mm. And one of the things that I've been doing at the minute, orange is a really difficult color.
1: Oh my God, it's so- very difficult color.
0: You know, and I know I put something in Instagram this morning about it being almost like a Goldilocks colour. It's like, you know, it's it's too red, it's too yellow. It's it's gotta be just right if you're trying to capture, you know, a colour. I mean, you were talking before about your when you draw darker colored horses that you do them in the graphite and it's about mm. capturing the form and i'm absolutely totally with you on that for me the the most important part of a piece is the values so getting the values right so you get the the form and everything but then sometimes you have to get that color so when you're working on those more the the sort of cremellos and stuff like that those horses where there's a a specific color that comes out you've got to capture you have to capture that color as well and it can be really tricky to sort of go, oh well, I've got this range of pencils, but I haven't got one that matches the color exactly, and i've got to, I've got to kind of mix them up. How do you use your color if because I know you were saying your love is the is the graphite and the black and white. When it comes to color, how does your brain work in choosing and picking a color? Do you see images? do you swatch? Do you intrinsically know that oh, if I use this color and this color, I'm going to get that color? How does that work in your brain?
1: That's a good question, Bonnie. And, you know, I mean, you're a colored pencil artist. I am primarily a graphite artist. So I have like kind of stretched out to that. You know, I have recently explored more of the color. So I actually work very intuitively, very intuitively. You know, I just kind of have a vision of an idea that I would like to see. And then I start doing it. it. You know, you have maybe noticed that my color palette still, it's, it's very muted. You know, whatever I do, it is not, it is quite muted. And that's due to the fact that I actually have graphite layers in them too. So I do always, it's not, never purely uh, colored pencil. Therefore, it has that different kind of um, feel to it, you know. Yeah. They are not so bright. They are more muted because I have, the, I have the, the graphite layers in there uh, in between, I look for a vision. And, you know, sometimes sometimes it doesn't really match the photo c- completely. You know, I might exaggerate on some color, but that's how I see it or that's how I want to, it to look. or I think that's, that's going to look good like that. So, yeah, I work intuitively, but definitely to... To see a range, you know, and and um, and layers of, you know, I layer different tones, so that I have a more um, deep, you know, more depth in in those layers. So mm. so that's how I do how I do it mostly.
0: So so very probably a little bit like me in that you almost visualise your final piece. Mm yeah before you start and you kind of know this is how it's going to look and and how it's going to feel and you sound like quite a feely person as well when you talk yeah yeah very intuitive
1: I'm very intuitive I I think you know I just go for whatever feels right you know what I think is going to look good and Mm. and what's gonna you know what feels right like sometimes I see some very unusual like turquoise colors in the coat uh, you know and so I just I just put that in in the in the shadow areas maybe and you know just some unusual i think that's a it's a nice balance then you know it brings that surprise element in it and and it, it, you, it makes you look differently at the work you know because if it's strictly realistic there's beauty there's a lot of value in it you know i love to look at like very realist, you know the coat is like perfect. Like the way you draw fur, oh my God, it's amazing. I don't know. I, I, frankly, I don't know how to draw fur so well, so I need to look uh, more at your tutorials. Um, <laughs> my my horses are mostly, you know, smooth, so yes. I usually yeah. don't draw winter coats or um, you know, very fuzzy ponies
0: mm-hmm.
1: I go, you know intuitively and 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 if there is a surprise element, it, I think it's also cool, you know, if Horse looks, you know, it has like a, those beautiful pinks, you know. I love seeing that if they come mm-hmm. out or, or having the knobstrooper that I did in this uh, sketchbook. I had all kinds of different colors
0: there, you know. So that was kind of, kind of fun as well. Brilliant. Oh, honestly, I, this is, I'm just so loving our chat. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's taken me into this sort of, just this sort of serene, area you're you've got a, such a, a lovely calming quality um that's my art therapist with the art therapy then I'm, I'm really really intrigued what what's the if you were going to kind of do or, or hold like an art therapy session with someone what's the elements that you bring out is it all about getting people to draw or is it more around Uh, I I have no idea how how that kind of thing works.
1: Well, art therapy, for those people who don't know, you know, it is about uh, self-expression and self-exploration through the art. So, but it is, at the same time, it is a a form of psychotherapy. So we do work from the theories, from psychotherapeutical theories, but we use the um, creative arts, we use the uh, visual arts to then explore that person but the person, of course, explores themselves with the help of the art therapist. So I might have them, uh, you know, I I see myself as a fellow traveler, I would say. You know, we are all on a path and sometimes we don't know where it's going to lead. You may have an idea now, but maybe five years from now, you're going to be on a different path or you're going to be in different place on that path. So it's a good idea to explore from time to time, take the time and and look inwards and contemplate, Well, where am I and how did I get here? And where do I want to go? To use just words for that is one way, you know, uh, talk therapy. But then you can also use the creative uh, media. You can use... um, so many different materials. And that's really how clients surprise themselves what they can create and what they can see in the work. You know, when they later like talk about the work and I ask them some questions like, oh, what do you see in that? Or tell me more about that. How they start talking about the work, right? But they're really talking about themselves. You know, as I said before, every work is a self-portrait whether you want it or not, it does come out. You can look at yourself almost from a more objective point of view because you're looking at the work that you created, you know, but it's really you. It's really about you. Yeah. And also,
0: I'm just writing um, writing that down because I'm going to quote quote you on it. Of course, I I just totally and utterly, it's it's almost like you're saying things and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I agree. I I totally. Yes, I get that. But but you've just kind of brought it to my consciousness, which is which is fantastic. And that every piece of work is a is a a self-portrait. And, you know, that is such a a wonderful thing to say because I, I deal an awful lot with people's confidences you know so I I, I obviously teach people to draw realism with coloured pencil but there's so much more you know and actually anybody can do anything if they have that Absolutely. right mindset and Absolutely. they have the,
1: the want to do it
0: and to bring this every piece of work is a self-portrait I, that is just such a it's fascinating to now then start to explore that yeah and you know obviously
1: if you you know if you work uh, very realistically or you know uh it, it maybe it's less to a lesser degree than if you create it freely whatever you know in our therapy we do not do you know you don't work from photographs or you know you would freely create something with different uh, materials and then it really comes out but there's also an interesting side like you know why is it that many people want to do realism and why is it that so many people want to do things perfectly you know for some people it suits but then other people have a whole side of themselves which is you know free expression of finding their own style you know you can still draw the subject that you enjoy let's say birds but you could have a completely different Uh, approach to that you know you could bring different materials in or or you could have a different style so that it's recognizable yeah you know that's you you know you could speak through that bird let's say you have you know a black bird or you have you know whichever little sparrow you know and you it's you it's really you (laughs) you know like my horses they're really me many of them you know even though they are horses and I'm a human but I don't see such a huge distinction
0: really between those well no um, because if you take how I mean I've, I've never spoken to you before and I and I honestly this has just been such a, a beautiful conversation if you take your you know your images the drawings that you do and then you kind of overlay your personality over the top you have that calm serene you know uh, gentle you've got all of those qualities in your pieces that you, you have see within you see that's what I said everyone is a self-portrait <laughs> yeah, it's, just, so, it's just wonderful and when you take the because obviously I teach and I have like lots and lots of people who do the same subjects and they'll all come out slightly differently because of, of course they'll come out slightly differently because we we pour our personalities into whatever we do and I've never really looked at it as you know each piece is a is a self-portrait and even with the realism I mean with my work mine ends up looking oh you've got all of the fur and I'm so not a perfectionist oh, I am really. So, oh my goodness I am so chaotic oh,
1: I, don't, I thought you were real you were real perfection because uh, the, I mean the
0: detail is just no, incredible. I make do <laughs> <With> <laughs> everything, I make do and when I start my pieces they're always really messy So I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a loose artist at all, but when I draw and when people follow me, it's quite quick. So the the initial layers are like really speedy. Let's just get this in. Let's just whack a bit of colour in there and whack a bit of colour in there. And as the layers kind of progress, I've got quite a lot of dexterity around pressure so I can go from like really really gentle pressure to quite hard pressure wherever i feel it needs it and I, I it's almost like i have this um connection with the subject and the surface and with my pencil and i kind of know i need to go softer here i need to really really you know make this a lot gentler or then I'm like right I just need to get in here and make this really really dark and it again it's quite an intuitive thing but i am um, are so not a perfectionist i'm honestly i get to the end of something and i'm like mm, yeah yeah no it'll do it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> That's, my whole life is just this whole you know laissez-faire you know it'll oh it'll be fine it'll do and i'm i'm you know i won't tinker on a piece so if when i finished it i won't then go in and go oh i'll just get this right i'll just get that right oh, this needs to be better I'm, i'm really really whatever i do i'm when it's finished i'm like do you know what it's finished and I'm really happy with it. And it's funny how people look at my work and go, gosh, you, you know, you must be a f- perfectionist. You must want to get everything absolutely spot on. I don't copy my photos. And you'll you'll have some of my students tearing their hair out and they're going, but you've, there's a big curl there, Bonnie, that you haven't drawn. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't need to. We don't need to do it. <laughs> and that's why I like fluffy animals, because then I can just do my own thing. Ah oh, yes of course yeah the, you get the feel of the hair you're like right okay so it's a little bit fluffy it's a little bit whatever and then I just do my own thing wow that's wonderful yeah yeah you no, know you so fluffy might, animals look, they're look the like, best you know might look like the photo but if you overlaid them there would be yeah. massive differences <laughs> right <laughs> like, and oh as you God. say
1: it really doesn't matter it doesn't matter right. you
0: know like the most important
1: is you know the eyes really to have the eyes right and then yes. everything else, like even if you did not finish, even if you didn't finish uh, all the fur, yeah. it, it would also still look really cool, you know? It doesn't have to be, every, every hair doesn't have to be perfect.
0: No, no, absolutely not. And some of my favourite pieces that I see from, from different artists are actually in the halfway stage. Mm-hmm. I've actually bought a piece from an artist in Australia and she was draw- drawing this, it's a lion cub. And it was, she'd done the face and she'd done some of it and the, all of the pores were missing and she'd got all of the grid lines and everything in there. I was like, I just, can I buy it just like that? And she was like, Oh no, I've got to finish it. And I was like, no, I just I just want it like that. There was so much, just, it's just fantastic, unfinished. Yeah. there is this freshness
1: about, I was just talking to somebody the other day, there is uh, this freshness about the piece, you know, if it's not overworked, because had she gone, Maybe she would not only had she finished the pause, she would have gone back into the phase two and you know, maybe put another layer that was really not needed anymore, you know, and like overworked it. Because yeah. if you overwork it, it becomes, you know, kind of tight. And yes, um yeah. it it doesn't speak the same way. So I also love those uh, half finished.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And you can see the workings out. Yeah the artist has been doing you know she works on a grid and you can kind of see how she's got a little bit there but sort of there's a bit of a rubbing out maybe or you can there's a little bit of a mark there and I that that tells this just most amazing story of not only the piece of art but also the artist who's been creating it I I, I love pieces like that mm-hmm. really really love pieces like that but gosh oh honestly gosh it's, we've nearly been an hour it's <laughs> just chatting chatting away. Um, Oh, I have loved this conversation. Yes, me too.
1: It was a great yeah. way to start the week and so, you know, yeah. so inspiring to talk to you. And, um, you know, just to I... reflect also together on yeah. what it is to make art and be an artist and, you know, that what the artwork really it's telling us about yeah, itself yeah. too.
0: And I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm sort of thinking out loud here, and I'm just wondering if maybe you might come and be a, a guest speaker for my students, you know, particularly around that, um the mindfulness and, you know, maybe some of that sort of um art therapy stuff. They would be just, they would adore you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Now I could give, you know, maybe people some insights, you know, that they don't know. Like, mm. think, oh, why am I doing Well, I just like to make, you know, to draw. <laughs> but, yeah. but there is always something else that, that uh, leads us to that, you know. So it is always good to explore. To be more aware of yourself gives you greater freedom, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can choose not to explore yourself at all and just keep doing what you want to, and that's totally fine. But then if you have a little bit more insight, well, that opens more doors to you. And gives you more choices and give you more freedom, you know? Like, oh, yeah, okay, I know that about myself. So now I can choose what do I want to do with it, right? Versus you just don't know and it comes out in the work. Or, you know, maybe you're unhappy with yourself. You know, some people, as you said, have confidence issues and, you know, people don't know, well, why am I unhappy? You know, I'm working really hard here and I'm still not happy with my work, right? That, that's really important to kind of work out, I think, because I think it's wonderful the, the joy that you get from the creation, you know, if you're happy with the work, if you're satisfied with the creation, it gives you so much back. But if it becomes a frustration or something that you that you pressure yourself to make you know, then it becomes a struggle a bit there. Mm-hmm. So you need to work through that um, yes. so that you can and enjoy your work. Like that lady who, who I loved her so much on your podcast.
0: Judy.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, Judy. Judy. Yes,
0: Judy yes. So
1: sending awesome. greetings to Judy if she's listening. I really, really enjoyed her, the way she spoke about her, her art and how much joy it brings her and how great it is and how she just wants to do it all the time. So we should all be in that mode. We should all be Judy.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Judy. I want yeah. to be Judy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know, and I also think if you get to know yourself best, so I've done a lot of internal work. I have regular coaching sessions. You know, I'm, I've, I've, I've trained as a coach and I'm doing some more training now. And I, I've i really um, reflected on me, you know, the good parts and the, the, the not so good parts. And, and actually, it means that now when I hit those moments of maybe um, a little bit c- uh, confused about something or maybe unsure about something or maybe something doesn't work as I'd hoped it would work, I can then reflect back and I can look into myself and I can then understand how I behave in these certain situations and how I, c- and how I usually react Mm -hmm. and then I can start to look at my behavior and think well if I behave slightly differently or if I reacted slightly differently then I'm going to get a different outcome but because I know myself so well I can then you know make a conscious decision on how I'm going to react in a in a you know in a certain situation which means that I can keep on doing my my art and I don't get to a point where I'm either burnt out doing it or I'm not enjoying doing it. And you hear so many commission artists talking about how they start doing their commissions and then they just fall out of love with drawing, you know, because they're just kind of, you know, it's almost like they're on this, this treadmill, just one after the other. other, Exactly. Exactly. And actually, I've never felt like that, but I think it's because I I know myself so well, and I've done so much internal work and so much reflection that you know I know when to say no. Now, you know I know when to sort of say the client sends me a photograph, I know when to say I'm really sorry, it's just not going to work because I know if I use that photo, I I wouldn't enjoy it. Absolutely. You and know? that's my point exactly, that you need to enjoy it. And, you know, you don't have
1: to do every commission, as you no. say. You don't have to. You need to do the ones that bring you joy. And and you need to work with the people who are willing to work with you. You know, if they want something that is impossible to, well, it's not going to bring you any joy. It's not worth your time, you know, even for the money. So I think some people get very frustrated also because maybe they take on too much. You know, maybe yes. they're used to working under stress and that's what they know, you know, to just have that pressure on you all the time. But maybe you actually don't need to take on so many commissions, you know, maybe you can take fewer or spread them out a bit and say, hey, you know, my calendar is, you know, is filled for this month, but maybe two months down the line, I would love to do it. You know, mm. so I'm, I'm trying not to take too many at the time. Because I really want to take the time with each one, yeah. you know. I can work on like two at the same time, which is fine. But I do not want to be like, you know, very pressured because I I work quite slowly, and so mm. I try to pace them out yeah. so that I have, you know, I'm not stressed, and you know, it's fine. Yeah. Definitely, it's very important oh. to you know, and that's why I really I think it's wonderful that you have the academy. Because people have the support there. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you can talk about these things. And sometimes somebody just needs to say, hey, you don't have to do it, you know? Do you know you can say no? (laughs) Some people are like, oh, (laughs) really? But she asked me. But it doesn't matter. You know, people ask me all the time to do cats and dogs. And with all respect, I say that's just not my area of expertise. Because, you know, once you specialize in something, like my horses, you get to know the anatomy you get to know the code you get to know the eye well for me now to start learning like about the dog it would take me a long time because mm-hmm. they have different eyes they have different fur they have different paws you know all of that so i would be putting a lot of hours you know going to your <laughs> tutorials <Yeah. laughs> looking how to do it and you know that's not something that brings me joy anyways to draw dogs mm-hmm. so so that I'm going to send them to you because I know that you do a much better job and it brings joy, but I will do,
0: you know, what I'm best at, uh, the horses. Yeah, no, absolutely. And do you know, one of the things that, cause I, I really do love what you do and having just been sitting and talking to you for the last hour, it's, it's made me really want to order a piece from you. And not only because I really love your work, but because now i kind of I've met you, I've talked to you i've I feel like there's some kind of a connection there. and that is what would make one of your pieces so special. you know i' I'm sitting up on my wall thinking, well, I could have a quite a nice big one up there, but it wouldn't just be the beauty of the piece it's it would be there's part of you in there as well. and that is such a big a big part of what artists do is not just, oh, that looks really pretty. It's understanding who the artist is, you know, knowing their personality, knowing what they put into the pieces and understand why they do them. they do. And the whole thing is like um, this fantastic package. And that is just the most wonderful message, I think, to give to people. It's not just about what the piece looks like. It's about connecting with your clients building relationships with their client with your clients so that they understand what you have gone through to be able to create such a fantastic piece and that has come through incredibly strongly in this last hour you know just chatting to you you know thinking about having one of your pieces on my wall it's not just a beautiful piece of art it's part of your you know beautiful personality as well
1: well, I'm so glad that, uh, well, thank you, first of all, <laughs> about compliments, but uh, I'm so glad that they came through, you know? And it was such a lovely chat indeed. And and it was a pleasure to meet you in person. Uh, yeah. I love, you know, that's why I love Instagram, because you get to see all of these beautiful artists where You get to follow them. You need to, you get to know them. And then finally, oh my goodness, as a bonus, if you actually get to talk to them,
0: it's cool. It's really fantastic. It, it really is. And from all over the world and, you know, in, you know, whatever sort of genre you're working in and, you know, just to sort of, um, but the, the, for me, it's about getting that connection with somebody and almost feeling that sort of like, um, you know, you kind of start to kind of fill up inside. Don't you? It's like this glow. It's, you know, when you find somebody almost on that same frequency as you, it's just wonderful.
1: It's wonderful and to feel the support too, you know, to feel that as artists, you know, we can really support each other on Instagram, you know, social media or however, you know, I love listening to art podcasts, and so I feel, okay, you know, there are other people out there as well creating, it just makes you feel good to have that virtual community, you know, if you can't have the real life one, you know,
0: from all over the world, like you say. Wow. Well, I think that's honestly been such a lovely start to my week. Um, thank you so so much for joining me. It's just been been wonderful talking to you. Absolutely wonderful. And I will talk to you offline about creating a piece for my studio. I think because I, um, I I know honestly I really I, I I'm I'm looking at the space now and I'm thinking yes that's where it would go. You know. So we'll we'll catch up afterwards. But thank you so so much for joining me.
1: Well, thank you, Bonnie, so much for inviting me. And it's a pleasure to talk to you.
0: You too. Have a great week ahead. You too. Thank you so much. We'll catch up soon. Okay, bye. We'll be in touch. Okay, bye. 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 I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the Coloured Pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at BonnieSnowdenAcademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.